is the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Copy sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind Where is the energy? I don't know I don't want to be here Doing this show Yeah That's my song for today Because I am exhausted I'm just tired I feel like it's it's actually wild because it seems like a recurring theme so far in 2018. But I think it's like, for me personally, this year so far, that there's been wonderful things that have been happening. But it's so draining. It's draining, I think, more emotionally. And I've got so many other things happening in the background personally that, you know, just leaves me truly, truly exhausted. But um yeah, it's 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 just it's just a bit wild. And yesterday my voice was used, you know, I went to go and record um the voice of this character in the degrees uh cartoon. It's um it's a show by Peter and Kwame and Ross, um, about four I think it's four boys, four guys at uni, um, or is it three guys at uni? And, you know, their life living at uni and stuff. And it's a cartoon. It's really, really cool. And um, I'm going to be in the next season as the voice of um, very, very small cameos, the voice of one of the characters. And it really did hurt my voice because I was doing the most. So I should have done vocal warm-ups, to be honest. But yeah, so you'll get to see that. Anyways, welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind and unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. I feel like I don't trust anyone who, when I say What What? After saying SYM, they don't say suck your mum. Like I, I feel like we should not trust anyone who, when we go officially known as say your mind, unofficially known as what, what, and they don't know the answer. It's the same way when you go to spud people, you know, like fist to fist and like they come with their open palm and they, and they grab your fist instead of going, yes, blood. They're like, nah, those people scare me. I, I genuinely believe that they are messengers of the lowest order of Satanism. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's to the side. My name is Kelechi Okafor, also known as the Benz Ponani Womanist. Yes, I am here. The tired Benz Ponani Womanist, but I am here. I feel like I'm glad to not be on social media at the moment. I'm just taking, I'm going to take like mini breaks as I go along. But um, so far I'm enjoying just not being on social media How will that affect the podcast you ask? Well, I don't know Because I actually just like not knowing what fuckeries is happening in the world I feel like this is why, this is amazing This must be what it feels like to be like the average middle class white person Who has no clue of what's happening to others in society Like there is a lightness that I feel that I don't usually feel because I feel burdened by the fuckeries that I see around the world. And obviously I see wonderful things as well, but it's just like just knowing that the world is a bit of a mess. Like it brings me down. So I just like not kind of knowing that really. Um, but I, I, sh- I have to be back really. I don't even think I'm, when this podcast episode comes out, I'm not going to jump on Instagram and be like, the new episode's out because people don't fucking click like when I put that up anyway. I'm like, guys, comment. What did you think of the episode? Silence. So I am not bothering myself. I don't, I feel like my general theme today is I really don't give a shit. So I'm still making the podcast though. So that's got to count for something. Um, other thing, the Patreon is up. A lot, uh, a few people clocked last week that it was actually up, even though I said it's going to be up in about a week or two, that it's actually up and there's extra content um, on the Patreon. So it's um, 
P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor. And you can subscribe. It's $3 a month. You can subscribe to extra content. So there'll be extra content from this show as well for you to plug into. Um, the first bit of content, I made it available after four days so the public could see it. Who People who aren't subscribed um, or who aren't monthly subscribers, they can see what I've put on. But then from here on in, there won't I won't be doing that it will just be patrons only that can see the extra content so if you want to join me there join me there if you don't that's all right baby girls and baby boys I don't mind uh yeah so that's pretty much it let's uh let's get into things then so um the card that I pulled today I'll just go into that was the queen of swords I pulled the Queen of Swords. Now, this is really important to me that I pulled this card because um, I'm when um, I'm the I'm the sword suit basically because I'm a Libra. I'm basically the sword suit. So you know each each um, each of the suits in the each of the cards in the each of the suits of the deck um, reference a particular kind of. Um, zodiac sign or group of zodiac sign so I fall into the swords because I'm a Libra so this is for the air signs um the swords um suit is usually for air signs and the queen of swords actually they say that she's kind of like the water of the air signs which is so interesting to me because I feel like I behave a bit like a water sign quite a bit so that's interesting I don't actually I don't think it's actually in my um no, I don't think I have any water signs um, overall when I look at the breakdown of like my natal chart. But I have to check that. I feel like I'm a lot of, or maybe it's earth I don't have. I have to double check that. But um, anyway, um, Queen of Swords, Queen of Swords. So I'll describe her to you. She is like the least... I don't know. I don't want to say like she's the least peng of all of the queens in the in the deck, but she's just very like straight faced, like straight faced. Here they give her like red hair, but I think it's meant to be brown hair. Um, and she's sitting on a, um, a throne that's made of stone. And I think that that's important as well. The throne is made of stone, but it's got um, depictions of butterflies on the side of the throne. In the background, we can see a, um, a few trees and we can see some water kind of um, like a little waterfall in, in the background. Um, and we see lots of clouds that come up to about her chest also in the background. And um, she's sitting and she's got a sword in her, I want to say that's her right hand. Yeah, to me, that would be her right hand. So she's got a sword in her right hand and she's holding up her left hand and um, she's just there. And above her is just um, a clear sky with one single bird like flying about. Um, and she's holding the sword in her right hand and it's straight up. Now, I was reading this book and um, it was describing who's who and rare, rare, rare. And it basically pointed out to me that I'm the queen of swords and um, that angered me because I read the description of the queen of swords and I was just like I'm not like that and I had to sit down and be like no baby girl you are like that what made it worse is that Chris Jenner was also referred to as the kind of uh archetype of um of the queen of swords uh, and that annoyed me as well because I fucking can't stand Chris Jenner so I was just like, how am I going to, how do I kind of reconcile being compared to this card? And I feel like this card came up when I was shuffling today, because what's funny is that when I brought the um, all of the deck out and I was holding it, I always look at the bottom of the deck. So I look at the card that, that I can, the only card that I can see from the deck. And I saw the Queen of Swords and I thought, oh, interesting, my card. So I start shuffling, shuffling, shuffling. And as I'm shuffling, a card flies out, lands in the car. And what is it? It's the Queen of Swords. So it's just like, bitch, you will not ignore me. When I when I show myself, you behave and you answer me. So the Queen of Swords, what does it mean? Queen of Swords is, um, people usually say it references a widow or it references someone who has made, not even a pact, but they've made a lifelong friendship with a particular type of grief in their life. It doesn't hold them back. What it does though is because it's unique because this kind of grief that they've 
um, become acquainted with, it's almost like a driving force for them to be the best that they can be. So the Queen of Swords is usually incredibly successful. She in in later life, she's very very successful, and um, you you see like the younger versions of Queen of Swords building up to that. But then you always sense um, a kind of a, a, in their aura. There, there's just li- this little piece this image of sorrow that they don't want to kind of let go of um because they believe that that's their driving force that gets them through and gets them to where they need to be um they can recognize that it's there and they just keep going um they're very very intellectual and even when things are going wrong around them so that's why we see the clouds around her um but they don't come above her shoulders when we see the um, clouds around her even when the clouds are there, even when things are going wrong, she still has this headspace of she's very able to think logically um, at times when things aren't going as they should. She's always the problem solver. People go to her for advice and they go to her to kind of be their hype man because she's the kind of person that will say, don't take shit. You go out there and you get what's yours. Um, She's very protective of the people that she loves and she drives the people that she loves to to be the best for themselves even if sometimes it's detrimental to the relationships that she has with them so can you see how it actually it you can definitely see Chris Jenner in that description you can see Chris Jenner uh, a widow a, a widow because Robert Kardashian died um someone who uses that kind of hardness about her to uh, thrive in life that's what she's done that's how she's helped her children uh, build the empire that they've built um so yeah, it's interesting for me. And I feel like maybe with the um, abuse, sexual abuse that I suffered as a child is um, possibly when I think about my life, I think that that's the, that's the one piece of grief that, that, that follows me that I don't mind. You know, I feel that there's so much grieving to be done there. There's so much childhood that was lost that I don't want to rush myself to be like, oh, get over it. That's life. Um, you know, I, it, it happens in stages and it happens in waves. You can feel like you're okay. And then something reminds you, like whenever I see newborn babies or maybe people who are pregnant, I always think about that. I just think about the fact that there's a soul, there's a life that's coming into the world that knows nothing and can't protect itself. Um, well, the soul, soul knows lots of things. The spirit knows lots of things, but it's in a physical body that knows nothing. And they forget, you know, why they're here and they have to remind themselves of their assignment here and things like that. And you feel like surely the role of adults and parents especially is to protect these children. And I feel like a lot of parents do do that. And so how would it feel as a parent to know that you've your sole duty of protecting a child somehow, someone makes you fail in that aspect even if it's just for a little while someone makes you fail in that aspect how does that feel as a parent so I feel like there's a lot of responsibility in parenthood and I think the queen of swords flew out today to kind of remind me of that to remind me of the fact that I'm still me like I'm still this card I'm still this card and she's got her sword upright as well and it's very phallic kind of imagery as well because she's got a very masculine energy to her like I said she's sitting on a a stone throne she wasn't one of these baby girls that was like oh my god I need it to be gold and I need glitter and I need sparkles she's like Najee I want a stone throne that's the fuck what I want and I want you to emboss it with butterflies because I'm a real G yeah I've got that femininity but still I'll cut a bitch what and that's why her sword is up because she's just like, I can bless you with it. You know, like when you give people a knighthood, she's like, I can, I can bless you with this sword, but I can also cut you. Try me, bitch. And I think that that sums me up perfectly. The sword is obviously not a like physical sword, but more so, more, um, so her intellect. Like you can use your intellect for the benefit of other people. But when they try a thing, you don't mind using that same intellect to done their dance. Um, So I think this card came up at a time when I'm just like, I feel like humans are absolute trash and I can't stand people and people are depleting me of my emotional effervescence and I just don't want to be around it. And then this card comes up and it's like, but baby girl, baby girl, baby girl, always remember always remember that you are a baby girl. 
So I appreciate this card so much. And I just wanted to share that with you because sometimes the, I just want to share that with you because sometimes the tarot cards, they drag my life and they drag me in the most loving way. And I think this wasn't even a drag. This was just like a, come on, come on. This isn't a time for you to be wallowing and dragging your feet. Remember who the fuck you are. Yeah. Don't let these bitches play you. Remember who that you're a real G in these streets. Got it. Get it. Good. So that's the tarot for this week. Uh, moving on. Um, the, my share your magnificence for this week goes out to, um, Hodan. Hodan Yusuf. Um, Hodan Yusuf, um, who is also known as at HY Freelance. So HY, hi, Freelance. Hodan is a friend of mine. I met her because she started coming to uh, my classes when I used to be in Clapton. Um, Hodan is a hijabi um, whom I love dearly. I love her so dearly because we have such affinity and I know very few people who care about me the way that Hodden does. Um, her caring for me is by the by. I'm just saying, you know, it's by the by. And I've mentioned Hodden before, but I'm going to go um, into it uh, in a bit. So her caring for me is like no other because like Hodden will like WhatsApp me. I might write something like lighthearted on the timeline on Twitter or whatever, or make a story on Instagram. And Hodan is one of the very few people who can like see me as the, as a person that I am. Like I have people, personal people in my life who know me and have known me for years and they'll watch my stories and be like, ha ha ha, that's so hilarious. But Hodan is one of the very few people that can be like, I feel your hurt. I feel your hurt in that video. I know that you cracked a joke here and there, but I feel you're hurt in that. And I'm so grateful that you do what you do, but just know that you can take a break and, um, you know, you're loved. And she's truly like, I just don't believe that humanity deserves her. Like her children are so lucky to have her as a mother. Like I look at her and to me, she's one of the best mothers, like, out there that I've seen because she's a true ride or die for her children. And like, she doesn't take shit. She reminds me so much of the queen of swords. Like she doesn't play that. She doesn't play any of that when it comes to her family. And it's very apparent when you know her. I remember making a video last year in Clapton about the walls, like people for some reason, I don't know why fully grown adults at their fucking big, big age like to lean on shit. Like they'll come to the studio and lean on the letters or they'll come and they'll lean on the white walls. And so when I was in Clapton, the white walls were a mess because people kept leaning all on it and it had like these nasty marks on the wall. So I just made an Instagram video and I was just like, this is such a mess and I've got to find a way to clean it. Lo and behold, Hodan hollers at me the next day. She shows up at the studio um, for a class and she goes, oh, by the way, I bought you this thing um, and um, it's like a sponge and you just put a bit of water on it and it removes stains from the wall. And I could have cried because I just thought, how are you so wonderful like who the fuck made you but I obviously know who made her the most high you know she's she's truly someone who I, I feel like souls our souls have ages and our souls have been here a number of times and Hodan's soul my god like you can just tell that her soul has done so many journeys of learning and loving and she you feel where she's at and just the respect, like real recognize real and you're looking mighty familiar, baby girl. Love you. Apart from just my general feelings of love and sisterhood for Hodden, she's also an incredible journalist and she's a fantastic person who blogs and she's currently working on an anthology. She's contributing to an anthology um, and she's a fantastic poet. Like her poems are banging. She, I remember she read one when I did a fundraiser last year, April at Boondocks um, called Lullaby and that shit broke my heart. Like it was so wonderful. She did another poem called, I think it's called Every Day's Women's Day. And she read it out and um, she recited it at the House of Commons. And even then she managed to slide in a slice, suck your mum, but she worded it in such a way that you wouldn't know that that's what she was saying. She told uh, Theresa May to imbibe herself, I think, with the juices of her mother or something like that. And I just screamed when I heard it. Like, I just love a rebellious baby girl. I love a rebellious baby girl. 
Uh, I don't think you can be a baby girl if you're not rebellious, actually. So um, there's that. And also she's, um, by the time you listen to this, a few days ago, she would have um, done a workshop at Amnesty International talking to the staff about, and volunteers, etc., about um, white privilege. And I just appreciate that. I appreciate that someone, a black woman is out there taking on that labor to educate people. And she's finding her ways into these institutions and, and just, and making noise and, and, and flipping the table. And she's doing all of this when you have the respectability politics of being a hijabi being hung over her head and she refuses to let that subjugate her. You can't tell her who she is. Like she defines um, Muslim feminism to me. Like I'm not, um, um, I'm not Muslim, but you know, she defines it to me where I look at her and I'm just like, rah, everyone should see you. Any motherfucker that wants to open their mouth about, oh, Muslims, female Muslims can't be free truly because they're wearing hijabs. I just want them to meet Hodan so she can just tell them to just, well, obviously she won't say it to them, but just tell them to like, just suck their mum calmly and shut their mouth. So Hodan, I love you immensely. I appreciate you greatly. Continue to just be the incredible baby girl that you are. Your children are so lucky to have an angel as their mother on this earth. You are fantastic. And I feel honoured and truly blessed by the universe to, to have you as a friend. So that's, you are my magnificent person, not just for this podcast, but just in life generally. Big up yourself. Two slaps on your chest, my G. Thanks. Um, so that's it. Share your magnificence. And um, I got a letter. I got a letter from Tony, from Tony. I won't read out her last name. And she says, Afternoon, Kelechi. I've been meaning to send this message for a while, but I haven't had the time nor the words to express myself. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you are extremely busy, but I wanted to celebrate you. Thank you. Tony says, since I discovered you about two months ago, my life has changed for the better. When I listen to your podcast, I hear nothing but hope and light. Even when you stay handing out straws and unapologetically calling out outrageous acts of micro and macro aggressions in our community, on our community and many other communities. Coming from someone who had been rejected by the church and kicked out when I was um, kicked out, when I was read your Twitter feed, uh, when I read your Twitter feed, sometimes I find it comforting to see you call out wayward behavior of untouchable men of God, quote unquote. Um, no matter what layers of abusive protection the church has decided to shroud itself in, I've learned so much from you and continue to do so. So I just wanted to take some time out to let you know how much of an impact you're making in a young 24 year old's life. I suspect I will be following the star blazing trail of your career until completion. And this will not be the, my last email of encouragement to you. I hope to meet you one day and really learn from your feet. I hope your, our paths cross in some way because I too am passionate about reclaiming the education we, uh, which was stolen from us and ch um, changing it and changing it into action. For now, I'm committed to learning more and more about my history, identity, beliefs, and purpose. But I'm sure in a year or two's time, I'll mostly have a reason to meet you. I know you're very human and inevitably flawed, but you are my hero and my inspiration. I, I'm actually in tears as I write this paragraph because I face so much pain and rejection in my short 24 years. I've had mentors that use me, abuse me and toss me aside. Now having a mentor like you means the world to me. I will be emailing you regularly, maybe quarterly, just to update you on my progress and sharing some love. Before I go, are there any books that have fundamentally changed the way you think that you'd suggest I read? Thanks for taking time out to read my message. I wish you nothing but genuine love and light as your journey continues. Kind regards, Tony. Thank you, Tony. That made me teary. Wow. That was, that was really nice of you. <laughs> Such a babe. No, thank you. Thank you so much for that. That means a lot. And it means a lot, especially at this time, because there are so many ashy fucking pricks that are out in this world that like, honestly, you can tell, you can sense that there's some anger that I haven't found a, a conducive way to channel yet. Um, I will be going back to therapy. Don't worry about that. Um, 
But I'm just so tired of men. And I'm not even going to like shroud it and say, oh, men generally, not specifically black men, specifically black men who want to jump up in my mentions and talk shit to me. When a black man dies, when something happens to a black man, I'm at the front of the people who was out there going, nah, this is wrong. This is what Theresa May, Sadiq Khan, what are you man doing about this bullshit? You motherfuckers stay quiet, trying to struggle, trying to drag and chuck your head into white fucking vagina Into seasonless vagina That's what you focused your time doing But then I'm here talking about the things That actually affect you And then there might be a day that I'm just like Yeah, as much as I'm doing that Men are still trash Like the construct of manhood and masculinity um, As it's been used in current society Is trash and it's damaging To not just women, but men also But you motherfuckers will then see me And be like, oh, she's a man hater That's all she's ever talking about Always running her mouth, fucking obnoxious You know who's obnoxious? The fucking person That let you out of their vagina I wish that they'd imprisoned you in there for life You fucking dickhead Go suck your mums, you pricks but back to Tony's wonderful message. Tony, I really appreciate what you wrote to me. Um, it was so loving, so caring. And I. it reminds me basically that there's a reason that I do this. I do this because I want my voice and my views documented. So no matter what happens tomorrow, people know how I felt about things. And I hope that whenever, before I even start a pod, uh, the podcast or start an episode, I always do like a silent prayer. And I say like, I just pray that whatever I say resonates with as many people who listen as possible, not just the tarot, but um, all of the things um, So it it speaks to us as a collective Because it's only as a collective That will move past so much of the trauma So having you write in and say these things It really does help me remember that I'm not alone And you know, as I'm taking this social media break And just not wanting to see other humans be fake And just annoying um, it's nice to, to just have that reminder. So 24 year old girl, you're doing fantastic work. You're doing great, sweetie. You're doing wonderful. Um, the church kicked you out. Fuck them. Fuck them. Because the church is filled with so much fuckeries anyway, they can piss off. Like so many churches that I've visited over time, they are so backwards and they cause so much drama and pain. I don't know why a lot of people bother to go to those specific churches. Like, there are wonderful churches out there, I'm sure. And I know of a couple, but just generally speaking, it, like, nah. So don't worry that they kicked you out. It, it doesn't mean, it doesn't um, say anything about your worth or your worth or validation in God's eyes. Like God thinks you're wonderful. As I'm always saying, like God thinks I'm a baby girl, regardless of what you other motherfuckers think. And I feel like he feels the same way about you. So don't sweat anything, my gal. Um, and also the books So the books that I feel that have um, Made a great impact on my life Definitely as problematic as she is From time to time Bell Hooks wrote Communion The Female Search for Love And I tell you That book changed everything for me And then Sheree Moraga Put together an anthology Called This Bridge Called My Back um, And then um, Rebecca Walker I want to say Alice Walker's daughter She has an anthology called To Be Real And I think that's the one To Be Real Yeah I have to I'll double check that Because I might be quoting another um, Another person's book title But um, I think it's called To Be Real But uh, yeah I'll double check But yeah Rebecca Walker She has an anthology And they really they really helped me to see that I'm not the only one as um who's a feminist and conflicted and and they're all black women who who really are women of color who who changed my way of thinking and really impacted on how I navigated my black feminism. So I would definitely recommend those books to you. Give it a try. And then there's, um, I, th I want to say John Wellwood, but I might have made that up. Richard, I've given him another name completely. But the person who wrote Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationships. Um, I think that that would definitely help with, I don't know if there might be some feelings of abandonment or rejection that's come from the church and your mentors, like taking you for a mug, which you didn't deserve. Um so that book might help Perfect Love, Imperfect Relationships um, 
I, I found that that was really useful as well. So I hope that those books are beneficial and I really appreciate you um, writing in. Um, I love the fact that you've just decided that I'm your mentor and um, it's a great responsibility and I am honoured truly. And however I can be of help, um, let me know let me know but thank you so so much tony i i really really love that message thank you so now moving on to so you mad so you mad yeah i thought you needed another song to like brighten up your souls your black souls yeah that was my song for you um so you mad so you know, this section of ashy, unmoisturized Twitter that I'm always talking about. Um, one of them thought that he would do something really, really wonderful um, and fuck himself right up and prove my exact point that you bitches could not do what I do on your best motherfucking day. Yeah, you don't have the source, nor do you have the juice to address racial issues. You most of the time you pre- you pretend like it doesn't exist, and then the one day that you want to make a massive statement about it, you fuck it up so magnanimously that the police are probably looking for your clots. So there's a video that was flying around Twitter. It's been removed by the guy who posted it now, but um, basically the video was of this guy, this black guy. Um, running after an East Asian woman, running after her and barking. I, that, that's the best way to describe it. He was running after her and barking like an animal. Um, why was he doing this, you ask? Well, he says that, you know, she was walking down an alleyway and then he walked by her and she was startled. I think she made a noise to indicate that she was startled and um, she and so she started running, I think. And so he decided that the best thing to do was to start running after her and barking, going, why are you running? You're fucking racist. Why are you running? Racist, racist. This is what you guys do when you see black men. Oh, oh ye of little source. Oh, ye of little source. Don't get it twisted. I understand the frustration when you see a non-black person see you and because you're black, they move in a way that can only be described as what? Mad. I get on the tube numerous times. The way I'm dressed, you could not dress like that on your best day. Don't judge me on how I look now because we all know that I can, you know, I can scrub up when, when need be. But anyway, you know, you go and sit next to someone, you're looking cute, you're looking like a spice, and this dumb prick has the cheek to move their bag away from you as if you're going to jack them from something. Like, motherfucker, it's you, man, that steal entire fucking countries. You steal countries and you have the cheek to move your bag away from me like I'm the thief. Ha! That is hilarious. That is fucking hilarious. So don't get me wrong. I feel that frustration. But you know what would have been stupid, yeah? If that person moved their bag and then I dragged their bag out of their hand and I'm like, this is you. So you want you want a real reason to get scared, yeah? Well, look at me taking your bag now. What you gonna do now? Well, bitch, I'm gonna call the police. Duh. Like, duh. So anyway... This black guy's chasing this woman, barking and saying, you're oh, fucking racist, fucking racist. This is what you do. You're running away from, from black men and rare, rare, rare. And it was so embarrassing. It was so embarrassing because nobody bothered to explain to you, you and your unmoisturized soul, that there is an intersection of definitely race and gender. Yes. But what you need to understand is every woman, most women that I know are scared walking alone at night. As loud-mouthed and as self-sufficient as I believe myself to be, I get nervous walking alone at night. When I when we um when I've been out with friends, I feel the responsibility to be like, okay, need to make sure my friends are okay. Then I'm left by myself. Last year, so before the studio moved to Peckham, the studio was in Clapton. For months, I was walking um, home from, I was walking to the train station by myself and the studio used to be on an industrial estate and any motherfucker could have been around there. And there were so many like wild people in that area. You just don't know. And also 
around that time was when someone sent me horse manure to the studio because they don't like me. Ha! Huh. What's new? Anyway, they anonymously sent me horse manure. And even after receiving this, I would go home on my own. Now, if I saw anybody walking behind me or walking at a fast pace and moving mad around me, they might not necessarily even be moving mad, but walking behind me or walking towards me. There is a moment where you tense up as a woman because you understand how normalized it is for violence to be inflicted on women. And you always think to yourself, Ra, is this the day? Is this the day that it happens to me? It's so scary. I know so many women that can attest to not even just in the nighttime in the daytime being scared when they walk past certain people or groups of people like it's a very very real and valid fear for women so it wasn't just because you're black I don't dispute that that didn't play a role but it's not just because that it's literally because you are a man and men are known to inflict violence on women and she's shook because it's a dark fucking alley and you're just coming out of nowhere so she ran for her life like I would run too like especially with me being black I run first ask questions later so I just don't understand how you thought that that was a smart thing to do and then you thought it was even smarter to put it on the internet and what makes it so extremely sad and I think that that was what was really leading up to me kind of being like I don't want to be on the internet for a bit was because I saw the number of black men who were jumping forward and going yeah well this is what I mean about you fucking feminists you're always trying to bring a black man down it's clear you're the ones always talking about racism racism this is racism right here you know what there was probably racism at the beginning of that yeah, racism mixed with just a general fear as a woman of unknown people being around you in the middle of the night. But that stopped the moment you started acting like a fucking idiot and chasing the woman down the alley and down the street to her front door. Like I saw it broke my heart because he was still filming her when she got to, I think she got to her front door or she got somewhere and she stopped running and she was so panicked and she was so scared. And I just thought, how did you see that and not realize that what you've done is wrong? And then how did you see that? And then think this is a great thing to post on the internet. Like, I just worry for you guys because I don't know who the fuck is raising you. you. You're so stupid, like so emotionally unintelligent. I don't know how we're going to survive as a race, as the human race and as a black race is if you continue because that's wild. It's just so wild to me. But what comes to my head, actually, even telling that story, because obviously this is the Hodan appreciation episode, is that when that um, horseman you was sent to the studio... Hodan was one of the only people who was just like, you know what? Um, whenever I am coming to class, me personally, you're getting into my car and I'm dropping you at the train station. The train station isn't very far, but you've got to go through many alley alleyways to get there and I just wouldn't want to know that anything happened to um to a sister and I could have prevented it so anytime she would come to a class she would wait for me to clean up the studio and then she dropped me at the train station afterwards and I'll never forget your kindness hold on not in this lifetime not in the next I hope I meet you in many lifetimes to just thank you over and over for being the absolute baby girl that you are so that's just what I wanted to share That people are moving wild And they're moving mad um, So that's that So you mad Second so you mad um, Charlize Theron Charlize Theron um, Is South African A South African actress As you know White South African actress Who um, has adopted Two black children I think both of them Are from South Africa That she adopted But the one that we're speaking about Is her son Jackson Who she adopted and Jackson is known for wearing quote unquote girls' clothes. Now, a picture surfaced like last week of um Charlie's with two of them, two of the children, um, walking somewhere, and he's wearing like a two um the son's wearing or Jackson is wearing a tutu and tights and a and it's all pink and um he's got um a white baseball cap looking thing on his head, and then the baseball cap has um a blonde um, ponytail attached to the back of it and so obviously this is circulating the in, um, internet and a lot of people are vexed um, they're vexed because they're like ah oh, Charlize Theron is um, she's experimenting on this boy um, she's letting making him wear girls clothes and rare 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 
and um, she's ruining him. And this is the problem when white people adopt black people. And and I just think like those conversations are so dangerous because I think that they're just convoluted. Like there are some very salient points that need to be made and there are other points that are just not necessary. So I've been watching this um, series, um, this four part drama on um, Channel 4. You can watch it on all four. It's online called Kiri. First of all, let me just tell you that structurally, the producers and all the people that worked on that show, they flopped in so many instances because, for instance, the girl and the family are meant to be Yoruba because their last name is Akindele, but um, the dad is meant to speak Yoruba at some point and I don't know what language he was speaking because it wasn't fucking Yoruba. Um, It was a mess. It was a mess in terms of what they were meant to have been doing in that respect. But... It was, it's interesting. I haven't finished it yet. I'm on the fourth part and I'm not giving any spoilers. So you spoiler police can shut the fuck up. Um, But it's a four part drama about a black girl, Nigerian girl who um, her parents were drug addicts. And so she um, was put into care and then she um, gets a foster family, a white family um, who start looking after her. And basically her social worker wants her to have some kind of cultural reference and some kind of cultural nuance. So she um, arranges for the girl to meet her paternal grandparents and and have visitations with them and stuff. And um, it all turns out terribly because she gets killed um this is not a spoiler this is literally the synopsis of the of the show so now the next the four part drama is basically looking for one who actually killed her and um it explores that whole thing of was the social worker right to have let her have contact with her grandparents if they knew that the son had violent a violent past and and um had been in prison and whatever and that he was out um but the social worker's view was that she just wanted her to not be othered like she's living with a white family that don't know anything about looking after her hair or doing anything for her and she just wanted her to have something so she didn't feel othered and she and she says that in the film or she says that in the series and it's so wonderful if you can watch it it's called kiri k-r-k-i-r-i um it's really interesting. There are so many things that I don't like in terms of how it was made, but the conversation that they're having, I think is an interesting one. So back to Charlize. Um, I feel uncomfortable when white people adopt black people, especially when um, when white people adopt black children. I Mostly because, you know, like when people like Madonna and these, these men like Angelina Jolie, the, when they do it, I don't know, it just feels like, um, like self-gratifying. It just feels a bit... Ah, it just, it just makes me feel so uncomfortable because I'm just like, what are you doing to make sure that they know about their culture that, and about them? And what are you doing to embolden them and to feel comfortable in their non-whiteness? What are you doing about that? I hear that um, Angelina makes sure that her daughter Sahara goes and has her hair done in places and she does this and she does that. And I really, really hope so. But then we've got Madonna on the flip side who feels like it's okay to say nigger um, around her son. And I, I, I don't know. And sh- so for me, Charlize, I don't know what she's doing with this child. But when what I saw in those pictures was that she knows nothing about moisturizing their skin or their hair. And that's why you hire people. Like you've got enough money to hire people to look after the child now or the children. Now, that blonde ponytail bothered me, but I understand that because Jackson loves Frozen, the cartoon, um, that's why Jackson wanted the blonde ponytail. I feel uncomfortable referring to him to, to, to Jackson as he or she, because I like right now I don't I don't know how Jackson wants to identify, but you know, the Jackson's got this blonde ponytail on the on the cap and I just think could you not have found a cap that had like a brown ponytail but apparently it's all because he loves you know well Jackson loves Frozen it's so hard but Jackson loves Frozen and okay fine Jackson loves Frozen but if everything like Jackson is seeing um cartoons you as the mum and you have blonde hair and you know all of these things around Jackson are all like white focused things and white centered things surely you can understand why Jackson is aspiring to have the blonde ponytail because Jackson doesn't know any different. So yeah, that was my only issue with it. But people jumping up going, why the fuck are you letting him wear a skirt? Why is a boy wearing a skirt? And this is, I just think like all of you shut your mouth, like just shut your mouth and let children be children. Like my 
baby brothers used to dance around in my mum's shoes. Sorry if I've embarrassed them, but they used to dance around in my mum's shoes, not because they wanted to necessarily wear women's clothes or women's shoes, but it's because they have fond memories and they would see my mum wearing her shoes, dancing at parties. So they were just emulating what they saw. That's they're not wearing women's shoes now. And even if they decided to, that's none of my business. You know, I would support them with that. But they're not wearing women's shoes now because it's all about playing. Children learn through play. Like allow children to be fucking children. Like stop putting all of your shit, all your transphobic and homophobic trash onto them and just let them be innocent. Like fuck off. So that's all I really had to say about that. And obviously, if you know me, you already know that I'm uncomfortable with the term white South African because like I've got friends who are white South Africans and I just try to stay out of conversations when they're talking to me about, oh, I find it really offensive when people say I can't be South African because I'm white, because I like I was born there, I grew up there. And while I understand all of these things, I totally, totally get it. I get why that must be hurtful. At the same time, it was the violence that was inflicted when you man arrived, when your ancestors arrived. That is the problem because you didn't come there from an invite. You came up in there, ruin them, rape them, disenfranchise them and then took the country and then governed the country and then told them that there were certain areas that they couldn't be in. They couldn't be anywhere near you for for decades. And then when they tried to get just basic human rights, you guys were upset. So forgive me if I'm not like cool about that. You know, it just, I just don't feel comfortable with it. And I will never, ever feel comfortable with it. It's like someone saying to me, oh, hey, boo, I'm a white Nigerian. No, the fuck you're not. You're not. So if that, if you want to flip that and be like, oh, well, that means that you're not black British. Okay. My passport says differently. And actually, personally, I don't identify as British. I identify as Nigerian. So ah, the joke's on you. But it reminded me of a poem that I wrote called She Wears Africa Around Her Neck. And I'm going to take the liberty of assaulting your ears with my poetry because I can do what I want. Here we go. It's called, like I said, it's called She Wears Africa Around Her Neck. As I spoke to her, I saw a glimmer on her neck. Maybe it reflected the audacious blonde that grew from her head. I don't know. I just saw this glimmer. It was Africa. Small silver or maybe white gold around her neck a reminder of home I imagine but it's not it is not her home she wears Africa around her neck it's probably that size in her mind too small and perfectly fitting on a necklace I want to tear the pendant from her slender neck that is mine Africa is mine Africa is a continent. It is huge. It isn't perfect. It doesn't sit and glimmer on the neck of whiteness. She wears Africa around her neck and it doesn't strangle her like I wish it would. Africa has been used as a noose around the necks of people who look like me. It keeps them out of jobs and firmly clasped to poverty. She wears Africa around her neck because I think deep down she knows she can only ever wear something she can never truly be. So that was a poem about somebody and I don't care. I wrote it and I like it and I read it out because I don't, I just don't appreciate people saying things like, oh, now the blacks are ruining South Africa and it's reverse racism and it's white genocide. None of that exists. So shut the fuck up. I don't doubt that there isn't violence, but you can understand that the anger, the anger of so many years of oppression, people are going to universities, black people are going to universities and seeing the statues of, 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 of the, the most violent um, white people who came and, and took this country and enslaved their people up and around these universities. And when they want it removed, it seems like the hardest thing in the world for you fuckers to do. So no, I have feelings. I have feelings and... I'm just going to keep them. But yeah, so my feeling about Charlize Theron is is muddled. And so that, you know, that against the backdrop of her adopting a, a black South African child, uh, there's just too many, too many things, too many things. Um, Moving on anyway, 
Um, let us go to. Well, there was something I wanted to discuss, uh, discuss about um, Stefan Clark. Um, Stefan Clark is um, the person, the man who got shot 20 times by the police in his backyard in America um, while he had he's just he had a cell phone in his hand. Um, so everyone, I'm sure many people have heard about this story um, and what happened to him. But what I didn't know until Candice sent it, to, um, sent it to me was about his tweets, because obviously I'm not on Twitter at the moment. So this is what Candice sent to me. She said, hey, Kalechi, so you've probably heard the news about St- uh, Stefan Clark, the guy who got shot um, by the cops 20 times in his own backyard for holding his cell phone. Of course, the situation deserves outrage because this happens every other day here in the US. But I'd love to hear your opinion on a few of his social media histories, um, which is going viral. Not saying anything, dis- um, not saying anyone deserves to die, but it's kind of heartbreaking and conflicting fighting for the very black men who hate us and allow their non-black wives to bash us also. Just want to hear your opinion on this. So I was going to save this for the extra content, but I'm going to talk about something else in the extra content anyway. So this, these are his tweets, um, this, this Stefan Clark. These are his tweets. Um, he wrote this um, last year. I want to say last year, maybe, but I'm not sure. No, um, 2015 is when he wrote this. He said, someone said, black is beautiful. He quote tweeted them and said, I don't want nothing black but an Xbox. Dark bitches bring dark days. And he put up the hove sign like that. Like like he made a point, like he made a valid point. And then he repeated it um, again um, later on in the year saying, I don't want nothing black but an Xbox 100. That You know, that 100 emoji. And then he put black bitches. No, 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 no. I don't want nothing black but an Xbox. Like what makes me laugh is like he proper thinks like he's dropping bars by saying this. I don't want nothing black but an Xbox. Don't you have anything else to say? Like is is an Xbox the only thing? Um, and then anyway, he's Asian. The um, mother of his child, she's Asian. And she wrote something. And she obviously loves using the N-word because you, man, allow your non-black girlfriends and wives to say nigger, nigger, nigger as much as they want because you're just so happy to have their vaginal juices dripping down your face. Um, she, she tweeted and she said, in 2016, this is what she wrote and he also um, co-signed it. Um, she wrote, this nigger said, I don't want no black baby. I'm already black. I don't need no black baby. And then he wrote, he um, he commented on that tweet and he said, on God, 100, as in, yeah, 100%. That's what I said. And then she then tweeted, I don't fuck with black bitches because they too mean. Only do the white bitches because they get cheese. And, you know, I've, I've given up on commenting on the women that you lot like to date because you're so self-loathing that you will just date anyone, no matter how disrespectful they are towards your race. You're just glad to have someone that doesn't look like you. And that's for you, like your mothers and fathers to figure out. That's got nothing to do with me. That's not my personal problem. But thank you, Candice, for sending this through because I think that this just says it all, really. This is why... I'm taking the break. This is why I'm so exhausted because I think that daily black women are breaking their backs. Like Cherie Moraga wrote in that anthology, this bridge called My Back. Everyone is happy to have the labor, the free labor of black women being at the forefront and fighting for every fucking cause. Like Black Lives Matter was started by black women. Like every other, like queer black women have been doing so much for the black men who hate them for the heterosexual black men who hate them they've been doing so much black women all around have been doing so much even from your within your household they have bitten their tongue and and swallowed their tongue and just anything to protect you um and and to uphold your very very fragile masculinities um they've done all of these things for you and what does it do at the end of the day? It just allows you the space to talk shit about black women daily. There's um, one forge. So um, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll remember that. Um, 
that um, foreign said, oh, um, I saw someone tweeting at you and rare, rare, rare. I finally saw who this person was that she was talking about, a guy called Swiss or whatever the fuck he calls himself on Twitter. I tweeted saying, oh, I don't understand why people um, these people always block me. And he wrote, because you're obnoxious and people have given you a blank check to be obnoxious because they felt sorry for you and da, 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 da. I was just thinking, why so much vitriol? Why so much venom? Who hurt you? I don't even fucking follow you. I don't know who you are. No, the end of his tweet was like, so just stay quiet and twerk in your studio. So bitch, you've just confirmed my brand recognition is out of this world because you know who I am, what I do and where I do it. So thank you, you dumb hoe. You can tell me what I do, where what I do, where I do it. You know all of that. Yeah, I don't have a clue who you actually are. It's only upon further like looking into it that I discovered his name is like Folaon uh, or Shinoye or whatever, whatever. And he's a trainee accountant. And friends were messaging me saying, oh, um, he's he's um, started on me on Twitter as well. So I need you to sit with a therapist and discuss why you hate black women so much. That's what you need to do. Talking about I'm obnoxious. When we break down these very coded um, gendered words that you're using, I'm obnoxious because what? I believe in my source. Who the fuck shouldn't believe in their source? Who the fuck shouldn't be glad that they're still here after all the fucking things they've been through? Fuck you, you dumb cunt. Like I'm here from all the work that I've fucking done and nobody can tell me any different. God is the reason that I've kept on persevering when so many other things should have broken me down. So you think one dickhead that has to hide behind a keyboard, um, a keyboard pad is going to change that? No, fuck you and the pussy you came out of, you waste man. And, you know, people casually write these things. And what I was surprised about were the number of mutual followers that we had that were just like staying pim and were just watching the thing, waiting for me to say something. I'm not saying anything because there are things that are more pertinent that, that deserve my oxygen than one idiot who's threatened by the fact that I'm doing bits. And look at what he ended with. Just stay quiet in your studio and twerk there. What? Why is it silence that you lot demand of black women? Why is it always silence? Unless we're, we're praising you and 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 co-signing the fuckeries that you do. Otherwise we should just shut up and say nothing. Not me, not ever. Some people like send me DMs sometimes and go, I don't always agree with the things you say. And I have a feeling that it's usually pertaining to what I say about men in general. And I have got to say to you respectfully that I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. Like I will continue to say this because I know what I'm in the right. You, whatever you think, I'm sure if I sat down with you, I would show you all the ways that your fucking opinions are flawed. So that that is just it. And this is just the episode that I let you all know that I'm tired of your bullshit. I'm done with it. I'm so fucking exhausted with having to um, tiptoe around your emotions because you don't want to address and accept that toxic masculinity, patriarchy as we know it, is fucking up the base. And I'm just saying it as it is. So... This guy's a trainee accountant. He messaged me a business owner talking shit. He tweeted at me talking shit. He also tweeted at um, uh, uh, Rita, who owns Radiant Salon, talking shit. So I'm just like, what? how successful do you expect to be as an accountant in the future when black female business owners seem to be your only focus in sending them insults? And what are you insulting other than the fact that they're living their best life? Now, you see, this is where the conflict happens because should... The police in the UK tomorrow somehow arrest him for something that he didn't do and they break his neck. Guess who's going to be the first person that's tweeting at Met Police? It will be someone like me. And this is why we're so tired. And I and I get what Candice is saying because you fucking idiots will sit on the internet all day talking about, I prefer light-skinned bitches, can't stand these black bitches. I love, you know, white women because black women are X, Y, Z. But the same women that you love, where is the fucking Asian community to fight for Stefan Clark now? Hmm? Where is his baby mother's community To fight for the fact that he got killed Unjustly by the police They're nowhere But it's down to us to fight for him after he's been online talking shit. And you know what? We'll do it because no life deserves that. No life deserves to, to be, uh, you know, brutally and, and unlawfully taken. No life deserves that. So we will continue to fight for you and for ourselves, even against our own better judgment, because 
all you ever seem to do is try to trample us down, trample us down, and we've still got to continue. And I've got to say that that is the most frustrating aspect of it. But I'm talking about things that you lot would never speak about because you're you're so you're so you're so so concerned about how white men view you because that's who you're really trying to be like that you'll come into my Twitter mentions and chat shit but you won't you won't address the structural issues that are at play I'm the problem I'm speaking about things that affect us all and for things to be done about them it saves us all but you don't care about that I'm just angry I'm just making up wild things as far as you're concerned so that is you know it is what it is I, I just don't care but Candice I really appreciate that because it's a conversation that we do need to have it doesn't change anything we still need to rally up against police brutality no matter what but I I definitely definitely feel so disheartened knowing that a lot of these men that were out here fighting for couldn't give a shit about us and that's the reality when girls were saying now they didn't get into district so many guys were quick to jump and be like maybe you're clapped maybe you didn't deserve to be in there because you don't know how to dress like these white girls blah 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 but the moment they didn't get in oh they want us to jump up and fight for the fact that they didn't get into the club oh my god this is terrible this is terrible when it's black women you always find a reason why we deserve the violence that was inflicted against um upon us but when it's you, no matter what you do, we need to find and see your humanity. And me, I'm taking a break because my 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 modus operandi for the for the next few weeks is it's not my personal problem. It really isn't. You guys can do whatever the fuck you want because me, I'm just tired. So um, moving on, then wrapping it up before I move to my extra content. Um, I got a letter about Punch a Muslim Day. Um, that was April the 3rd. Um, sent by my friends at Slay and Sip Tea. He said, hi, Kalechi. I'm writing because I'm in utter shock. I was on Twitter and saw a video of a Muslim woman being attacked by a white man with the caption, a hijabi lady attacked in a hospital in Dearborn, Michigan. Reminder to everyone to stay safe this April 3rd. This is not a joke. Do not be alone. This could have been so much worse had no one been there. Um, and then he said, I saw stay safe this April 3rd and I wasn't sure what the individual was referring to. So I decided to Google it and I found this that, yeah, basically anonymous letters have been sent and it said, and the messages that um, they've been sent around the UK and the message says in them, um, April 3rd will be Punisher Muslim Day and that points would be awarded for acts of violence. 25 points for pulling off a, um, a woman's headscarf, 500 points for murdering a Muslim and a thousand points for bombing a mosque. <sighs> Slay and Sip Tea says, I don't even know where to start. The hatred for Muslim people is so strong that people have decided to dedicate a whole day to terrorizing them. I don't understand how someone can view the lives of innocent people as games, as points to fuel their racism and xenophobia. This is terrifying and I'm at a loss for words. I'm at a loss for words. I join you in that because um, the most I could do was just check in on my, you know, my visibly Muslim friends and just say to them I, I hope you're staying safe that's what I was doing April 3rd you know um like I said checking in on my friends like um Hodan just making sure she and her family are safe and she was just like yeah we're not taking any shit she was just like I'm out here I wish I wish they would try me but you know not everyone has that same energy you know and it and it's scary I think that Islamophobia is so normalized in society that it it it's worrying. Like, why can't you guys use your own heads to realize that this is not cool? And and so my straw of the week just goes out to anybody that thinks it's okay to treat people a particular way because of their religion, most specifically because they're Muslim. Ah, oh, but, you know, because Muslims, you know, they're extremists and they're terrorists. Fam, there are extremists and terrorists in every fucking religion. Look at Christianity. All of these wars that America and the UK are wielding on the rest of the world, are they not doing it and saying, in God we trust? So don't talk to me about any extremism because people are extreme every, every, everywhere. We see white men going and targeting, um, um, a white man's targeting um, a black, black people in Texas with bombs 
And the media refused to refer to him as a terrorist because that term terrorist is safe for brown people, but specifically brown and black Muslim people. And that is worrying in itself. Um, a white man can walk up in, um, in Vegas or wherever into a school and shoot up the place. No one will refer to him as a terrorist or an extremist because he was a lone wolf. He was acting alone and he had mental health issues and he liked to eat this on this day. And I've made that analogy before, but it's so worrying that the the violence of white men is so normalized. No one refers to them as anything like this, but there's a massive agenda against Muslims um, and making them out to be like every Muslim that you encounter is possibly a terrorist. Do you know how much it fucks me up? It fucks me up and makes me so hateful about the media and everyone else. The fact that um, a lady can be in a burqa and she gets on the tube and instantly I get, like, I feel that thing in myself like, oh shit, like, uh, am I safe? And that's fucked up. And I have to actively talk myself and say, no, remember how the media works. Remember all of this. Remember all of that. I've got to self-talk and tell my, and, 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 and actively talk myself out of all of the things that I've been um, indoctrinated with in the media because they give you images and they tell you that this is what this is and this is what that is. And the average person doesn't check themselves when they think that. They think that it's valid to think these things and it's really, really not. It's really not okay. And when I think about the fact that people's lives, innocent people minding their day-to-day business could possibly get attacked by one xenophobic dickhead, one racist prick, just because they want to earn points. And imagine you're getting more points for dragging off um, 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 a woman's hijab than you're actually getting for murdering them because it isn't about their life. It's about you grabbing onto the things that visually represent them and that they hold integrity in. And to me, that's vile and it's fucked up. So to to all of you that think it's justified and to, to call just offhand without thinking about it, calling Muslim people racist, I'm um, sorry, calling Muslim people terrorists, or anything else that you want to say and thinking that it's the um, violence against them is justified. I need you all to pick up a straw wherever you are and just find your mother, any mother that's willing for you to suck her dry until you pass out. That's what I want for you. That is my straw of the week. So any xenophobic motherfucker, this is how you ended up in your stupid Brexit situation in the first place. Fuck you. Leave Muslim people alone. Leave them the fuck alone. And that is it for this week. That is all I gotta say. In um, my extra content, I'll be talking about um, Julie. Uh, I want to say July, but her might her name might be Julie Julie Black or July Black. She's a singer, Canadian singer and songwriter who um, was on TV in Canada um, la- earlier this week and having a discussion um, with um, Jean Becker. And she, they were just talking about altruism and like passive and passive altruism and how it means nothing. And um, Jean Becker decided that Julie, a black woman, was attacking her, even though nobody was actually chatting to her. So I just want to discuss why white women always feel like they're being attacked when the truth is just being told. Um, so that'll be in the extra content. If you want to find that, it's on Patreon, Patreon forward slash Kelechi Okafor. Patreon.com forward slash Kelechi Okafor. So that's it. That's it for this week. You can follow me on at Say Your Mind Pod or at Kalechnikov. Remember to uh, like and subscribe if you're watching the video or just, you know, share my shit. Thanks. I love all of you people that introduce your friends to the podcast. I have been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind and unofficially known as What What? That's right. Sock your mother. Sock your mom. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you soon. Peace. It's the Ben's Punani woman. This baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are gonna sip it Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.